Welcome to Film Fam, inspired by true events. I'm Heather. I'm Brian. And I'm Zoe. And we're the Greys. We're your Film Fam. Today, our guest for this mini-episode is Caitlin Smith, our shark expert. <laughs> <laughs> How do you feel about that title, Caitlin? Well, I don't think I could consider myself a shark's expert anymore, but I will take the compliment where I can get it. <laughs> I'm probably about seven years behind now, but you know what? That's okay. <laughs> But you were, you were like a youthful shark expert. Yep. Up until I think like 2014 was the last of my project really. So. So you're not really up to date on shark technology. No, I tagged a shark or was able to donate enough money to tag a shark, but that's kind of it. We've been able to track the shark. Um, Do you know how your shark is doing? I actually haven't checked in a really long time, which is kind of sad to say. (laughs) (laughs) Neglecting a shark. Um, She's respecting cool. that shark's privacy. Yes. yes but the shark's autonomy. name is Fluffy. Um, we did get to name the shark. Yeah, it was pretty cool to get to like watch her swim around um, on Google Maps because you can like follow it. So, But it was with the University of Miami in Florida. So a shark down there um, in the Atlantic Ocean, which is really cool because I'm from California. I've been on the West Coast my whole life. So it's not, I've seen all the sharks on the Pacific Coast, um, but not really on that side of the country. It's funny Zoe. that you say you're not an expert because I, if I had seen all the sharks on the West Coast, <laughs> I would definitely own that title. Well, I mean, I haven't counted every single shark in the Pacific Ocean. That would be extreme, but like my thing for a long time was going into aquariums. I went swimming with sharks in Hawaii when I was 11. Like oh, wow. that was my life for so, so, so long. So that's amazing. How old yeah. were you when you started to get? interested in sharks I used to have a whole story about it but I don't really remember it anymore because <laughs> I was pretty little uh, but I think I remember it going that I was I think nine or ten and there was an ocean film festival in San Francisco that my mom took me to I wanted to be a marine biologist for years that was something that I was really interested in loved the ocean loved going to aquariums I was very lucky to grow up right next to the Monterey Bay Aquarium essentially so we were members growing up Awesome. Um, Yeah, so cool. So lucky to have lived like an hour's drive away from Monterey Bay. Um, But she took me to the film festival and there was a film on shark finning, which I had no idea was a thing. I didn't know that that was a whole industry um, and I didn't know how horrible of an experience it was for sharks and how important sharks were to our ecosystem. Um, so safe to say the film traumatized me a little bit, a little baby 10 year old watching, you know, sharks be basically killed and left on in the ocean. Um, that's for shark fin soup. Yeah. For shark fin soup, they put it in some kinds of medicines, things like that. Um, and I was horrified. I didn't know that that was something that happened. And I have always been very passionate about animals. I am a huge cat lady now. Um, (laughs) (laughs) like I just I love animals I hate seeing them hurt or sick or things like that so I think it just really hit home when I saw that not realizing how important sharks were to our ecosystem and how much we need them and how awful it is that they're treated in such an awful way by media by shark finners everything so well that's one of the reasons we definitely wanted to have you on this mini-sode is because our first episode was about jaws which I think really hurt sharks (laughs) Yeah, I have a confession to make. I have actually never fully seen Jaws. That's um, okay. Wow. Is that yeah, a choice? Are you like anti it 
no, I've, it's not something where I'm like actively turning it down. I've just never really had a reason to watch it. Um, it's never really been like, oh yeah, let's sit down and watch Jaws. So mm-hmm. um, at Universal Studios, they have as like part of the tour, they have a Jaws mm-hmm. section. So I know like some of the story and things like that. <laughs> well, very short. It's like a Jaws comes and terrorizes a beach town on a the Jaws. East Coast. My mom loves to call. Yep, my mom. Jaws named Jaws. Jaws. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they can't all be named Fluffy. The name is Jaws. (laughs) Really, just here for the creative shark names. (laughs) (laughs) And um, that movie scared the bejesus out of everyone. (laughs) What the taglines was like: "It's not safe to go in the water." I think it was I something think like that. Maybe yeah. Jaws 2. The tagline was just when you thought it was safe to go back in the water. There you go. I mean, it and... definitely made me afraid of sharks, like going out into the ocean. I was like, am I going to look like a seal and accidentally get eaten? Um, well, I didn't want you know, to contribute to that. So I was like, I definitely want to talk to someone who can say some good things and some true, more true things about sharks. Yeah, definitely. And I was like, I mean, ding, ding, Caitlin. I even <laughs> remember at Universal, when you take the movie tour, the shark, like, pops out of the water at you and, like, sprays water at you. It's super scary just on, like, that ride. And I was always like, I don't think that's right. Like, I don't think that's actually how this works. I don't think sharks are just, like, flying out of the water to try to eat you. Um, but I didn't really know that much about it, just that a lot of movies and TV shows tend to portray sharks in the light of, you know, like they're big mean killers and we don't want them in our waters and they're shark infested waters. And what does that mean? Well, like, are they, are they big mean killers? I'm, I'm no. assuming that they're not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely not. Thankfully. Um, I think any animals that are like that have gone extinct a really long time ago. <laughs> Um, I think actually... perhaps the movie Sharknado would disagree with you. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Maybe I don't want to so, bang that like, drum too many times. but At that point, the sharks like aren't even the issue themselves. It's like the mass <laughs> natural disaster that makes them dangerous because they're like flinging sharks around. I don't know. I've never seen Sharknado either. But, yeah, that's an um, accurate assessment. Yeah, it seems the like the sharks themselves aren't the issue there. And it's like <laughs> them being flung around at mass speeds in the wind. I mean, they're as much victims as the people are, really, in that scenario. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Not their fault. Yeah, well, I mean, if sharks aren't big, scary predators of people, um, I mean, what are, you talked about how, like, sharks are actually important to the ecosystem. Like, what, what role do they, like, beneficial role do they play? Yeah, so it is a common misconception that sharks are just dangerous for everything. They only eat like big animals and would actively go for humans. And that's not the case at all, actually. Most sharks are bottom feeders. Like the whale shark will just open its mouth and it's it eats krill. It doesn't really eat any fish. Lots of the smaller sharks will eat just like small fish, crabs, things like that, even plants. It's really only like great whites and larger sharks um, with the big teeth that'll go for larger animals. So a lot of people think that sharks just like go for any meat they can and like whatever they get is good. And that's really not the case. Um, Sharks come in all shapes and sizes and a lot of them are really small and really aren't threatening in the slightest. So that's something Do you have a favorite shark? 
Yes, this is something that I still love to have as a fun fact. My favorite is the nurse shark. I don't really have a reason why. I just thought they were really cute when I saw them for the first time because they're smaller. And I think if I remember correctly, they're the only shark that can stop moving or one of the only sharks that can stop moving. Most of them have to keep swimming to breathe properly and function properly. But nurse sharks, they just can kind of like chill out on the bottom of the ocean, take a nap. I think I related to that. So <laughs> nurse sharks are my favorite. Um, and they're one of the ones where they don't really eat any like big fish or animals like that. And going off what Zoe asked about why they're important for us, they are such a huge part of the ecosystem in so many different ways. Because even if we're scared of like, great whites, the larger sharks that also can be like threatening to us. They go for seals and sea lions and animals like that, where mm -hmm. if we didn't have sharks, seals would be everywhere. And what would we <laughs> do then? It would be like an army of seals in the ocean, um, <laughs> which would mess up the ecosystem in turn because then they're eating too much of the animals that they eat and those animals will mm -hmm. go extinct and it'll just end up going all the way down the food chain and causing this huge mass crisis in the ocean, which is really bad. We don't want that to happen. So each shark is important in its own way to the ecosystem in that sense is we need them to keep doing what they're doing and we need them to stay healthy because without them, our ecosystem in the ocean is just going to completely destroy itself. Sharks are essential to that, wow. even down to like little plants and things like that. And, and it's ironic. I feel like growing up in Los Angeles, uh, I heard more about people being attacked by harbor seals than I did hearing people being attacked by sharks. I would believe that, yeah. Um, some animals like... This is a completely unrelated, but like geese scare the crap out of me. Like they're so <laughs> aggressive and for no reason. And I live in an area where there are a lot of geese and a lot of turkeys and I will drive by them and I'm just like, I'm going to roll my windows up. I don't want to die today. Like, oh yeah, geese, I'm scared seagulls. to death of them. I've yes, been chased yeah. down a boardwalk by seagulls attacking me. When are we getting our horror movie about seagulls? Yeah and seagulls and geese. Exactly. When I, I'm a graduate of UC Davis and my freshman year, I lived in the dorms and um, this is completely off track, but there were a bunch of turkeys that like to hang out around the dorm because UC Davis is a farm school. I literally lived across the street from cows my freshman year, um, <laughs> but there were a bunch of turkeys that would show up and there's a video of a bunch of freshmen who were like standing next to the turkeys kind of like playing with them thinking they were cute and then the turkeys just charging at them like those they're mean they're really mean and sharks really aren't um sharks tend to mind their own business and even when there are shark attacks that's something that i wanted to touch on is everybody gets super freaked out when there's a shark attack but there are very very few reasons why a shark would attack in the first place that's why it's pretty rare the first one is you got mistaken for a seal which i think zoe said and that is really scary yeah that's one of the things that you can't predict and i think that's why there's such a negative misconception sharks would really only attack if they're provoked too so a lot mm -hmm. of people will talk about shark attacks and it's like well what were you doing and they were like <laughs> we were poking the shark or like trying to do <laughs> things with it like invading its environment basically if you invade somebody's home they're gonna be upset it goes for humans and for animals. Like if you break into their oh, house unexpected, start robbing them, like they're not going to be happy about it. But that's like really one of the only other reasons sharks attack. And while the mistaken attacks of them being seals or just the once in a blue moon freak attacks are really scary, it's very, very rare comparatively. And it happens so little that there's really like out of all of sharks in the ocean there's gonna right. be like i actually shark. have <laughs> some info about that yeah from the florida museum of natural history cool. and it said there were 129 alleged shark human 
interactions. They don't want to call them attacks. Right. In 2020. <laughs> and that 57 were unprovoked. Yeah. And 39 were provoked. And the provoked, they define as like a diver might go down and like try to touch a shark mm -hmm. or feed the shark or remove a shark from a fishing net. Right. And out of all those cases, there were 13 shark-related fatalities, 10 of which were unprovoked. So yeah. out of all people who died in 2020, <laughs> 10 died from just being out in the ocean and being killed by sharks, but most of them were surfers. Yeah. Because right. they're at a certain area in the beach on where... Yeah, on a Where board with your legs be. out, you look like a seal from below. Yeah. Yep. yeah. And that's kind of scary. I understand why people are so scared of that. Um, but it, it is like such a rare occurrence for that to actually happen. Um, sharks are pretty smart animals. So most of the time, it's not even going to be, if you do get attacked, it's not going to be like they just completely like eat your body and you <laughs> no crumbs are left. It, they take a bite. They realize it's not what they want to eat. And they're like, oh yeah, this doesn't taste good. I'm going to leave now. <laughs> Which is also like not trying to diminish the fact that it's bad that those things happen, but at the end of the day, you are not the shark's meal. <laughs> you are not the shark's actual target. Right, like they don't have hands to like come up and like touch you and see what you are. They just yeah. have teeth to do that. Yeah. Like and then they dog. bite you and they're like, nah. Right, it's not like in Jaws where they're like, it got a taste for human blood and it yeah. loves it and wants more. <laughs> it's like, nah, it's not really my thing. Man, that actually happens. I feel like I should have watched the movie to prepare for this because I'm just going in like, I know that Jaws is bad about sharks, but I've never seen it. So it's not that complicated. Yeah. Well, as far as it being rare, like Caitlin said, another little fact I have is less than one person per year is killed by a shark in Florida and 38 people are killed by lightning. In, in Florida? Florida? <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, that's Florida. Yeah, I was going to no, say, no, no, it's no. not like when, I'm surprised for Florida, but... When I lived in Florida, my mom visited with a friend who she knew from Philadelphia, and this friend of my mom's would not go outside when it's raining, or when there's any clouds in the sky, because she was convinced she was going to get struck by lightning. Well, it could happen. <laughs> I mean, like, I now live in Oregon, which is like one of the rainiest places in the country, and should I just like not be going outside? Do I need to stay inside when it rains? <laughs> No, no, not in Oregon. Struck by lightning. Okay, just in Florida. <laughs> yes. Well, Florida is literally the lightning capital of the United States. You're That's right. For yeah. <laughs> is there and a also shark? The shark bite. It's the shark bite capital of the United States. But even yeah. there, it's less than one person a year. Also, alligators. Um, Caitlin, did you work with a specific charity or a ex specific organization? Yeah, I worked with a lot of different organizations and charities and formed one of my own, um, which is now I've moved on to other things. It's just kind of hanging out there as a place for more like shark information if anybody's interested. But I worked with the University of Miami with their Shark Research Institute primarily because that's where I raised money to tag a shark and get to learn because a huge part of shark conservation is being able to see where they go and what they do. Knowing where it goes, what it eats, what it does, that is a huge part of studying them and how we can better protect them. So that was something I raised, uh, I think it was $2,500 for. Wow. And wow. yeah, it was really important to me. It was so cool to finally reach that milestone. But I believe that University of Miami was where I worked with the most. But I was also very lucky to live in an area where there are a lot of aquariums. There was Monterey Bay Aquarium. There was a San Francisco Aquarium. 
uh, just within an hour's drive each way. So I was very lucky to get to go visit there and get to learn more about the animal that I was so in love with at the time through that and getting to see them up close and personal because I think it was while I was still working on my program that uh, Monterey Bay brought in a great white shark and it was the last one that they've brought in because wow. it is really hard to keep them in aquariums they're really like not meant for it and Monterey Bay is really good about really only taking in animals if it's for rehabilitation there's been a lot of controversies about like zoos and aquariums and whether it's humane and Monterey Bay really does a good job of making sure that the animals are taken care of and released when it's appropriate so the shark that I saw was only there for a really short amount of time, but that was really special getting to see like the last uh, great white shark that they've ever had like in the aquarium right in front of me. That was so cool. Yeah. And you said you swam with a shark. Yeah. I um, went to Hawaii. I think it was nine years ago now. So it's been a while, but we went to Hawaii for a week and on the North shore, they do shark tours and they take you out in a boat and they have a little cage that you get in and it's mostly i want to say it's a kind of a reef shark they were some of the littler sharks that aren't very aggressive they mostly just like mind their own business and i think they also tend to get hammerheads out there i think those were the two sharks that they said that they get the most they basically just like dropped some food in the water waited a few minutes and there were sharks just like everywhere trying to get food just hanging out we all went down caitlin yeah caitlin by food do you mean blood no <laughs> i'm pretty sure it was like squid and little things like that and these were sharks that okay. only eat those kinds of things they eat like the really little fish and animals like most sharks do if some um, people put out some free squid for me like i'd be there yeah exactly it was like they create a little shark buffet for everybody Aww. and there were like 20 sharks in the water it was crazy wow. um and we were just like out in the middle of the ocean in hawaii and um my dad and i went down my mom stayed on the boat and we all got our snorkels on and it was so cool. You just like hang on to the edge of the cage that you're in, which the sharks aren't aggressive, but it is nice to just have that just in case because I don't really want to go like free floating in the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> I know people do that, but that's like not my thing. Um, and you just get to be down there like with the sharks. So you were a child in a cage <laughs> with sharks around you. Yeah, I, I think I was more you. of a daredevil as a kid than I am now. Um, <laughs> I really had like no fears as a child. <laughs> I'm a little bit jealous of now. It's really good to see you. Um, Caitlin and I were, we have been friends for, what do we say, three quarters of our lives or so. Yeah. We met when we were probably like five years old in California, homeschooling. Well, and homeschooling let you spend a lot of time doing this, I guess. Yeah. I mean, like not to just plug for homeschooling, but it is pretty <laughs> cool being a grown adult now. I have my college degree and looking back and being like, wow, I got to learn a lot more about the things I really wanted to and feel actually really added value to my life. Is there anything that you wish people um, knew about sharks or things you want people to do for sharks? I think the best thing you can do really is just educate yourself on the topic of it because there is so much information out there and there are so many amazing scientists doing the hard work to tell you why shark fin soup isn't something we should eat. And it's more complicated now that I'm an adult and I look back and I realize there are a lot of cultural differences and shark fin soup is a cultural dish for some people. I see it less black and white now as an adult than I did as a 12-year-old who was like, ah, it's all bad. <laughs> but right, that it makes is, sense. I'd say do your research on what you're consuming. Try to consume sustainable things where you can. And Monterey Bay Aquarium is great for that. They have so many awesome resources about how to just make a healthy difference for our oceans. Because if we don't have sharks, our oceans are not going to be okay. And it's already tough with climate change. It's already tough with overfishing and 
everything that we're seeing today, whatever we can do basically is good to help make a change and help make a positive difference in the world. Very true. Thank you, Caitlin. I wanted to know, what are you doing now? Yeah, I got my degree from UC Davis in 2020 with a degree in English, which is a far cry from what I was doing a few years ago. <laughs> I went from wanting to be a marine biologist to finding out that you would have to dissect animals to have uh, to go into that field. And I decided that was not for me, which is okay. I learned that I can still like learning about animals and still enjoy marine biology. And I don't have to do it as a career and that's okay. So got my degree in English. And I moved up here to Eugene, Oregon, which is where my parents live now, even though I am a native Californian, and that was definitely a culture shock um, (laughs) coming up here. I have been nannying full-time, and I also co-own a character entertainment company, which, again, is a far cry from sharks and marine biology and everything like that. I've seen some pictures of you in your cosplay outfits of princesses and Marvel superheroes, um, because I follow your mom on social media. Hi, (laughs) Jamie. Hi, Ben. (laughs) And you look amazing. That is such a cool career that I bet so many people, young people I know would love to have that as something they're doing professionally. Very, very special. Yeah, I started out with just cosplaying in high school and thought it was super fun and didn't really know that there was an industry for performing because you know I don't live near Disneyland I don't live near Disney World or Universal or anything like that but it's really cool getting to do that on my own and also following my parents footsteps of being (laughs) self-employed which Mm -hmm. is a nightmare but also uh, nice to have the independence yeah do you have a favorite uh, character Ooh, um I have so many different favorites that's really hard to choose but if I had to choose a princess it would be Rapunzel I just relate to her a lot and I love her story. Um, But for like superheroes, it would be Scarlet Witch. The new WandaVision show is so, so good. Absolutely amazing. That is the one show that we... we, every week we, we get on Netflix with Teleparty and we all watch yeah. it together. When, well, we ever... you got you got Go to ahead. meet Elizabeth Olsen, you were on the red carpet Ooh. for one of the premieres, right? Yes. So that it still feels like a fever dream, even though it was almost two years <laughs> ago now. I was like, did that really happen? Do I really have the pictures of that? Basically, a um, Marvel and Disney communications PR person reached out to me on Instagram because I made my Scarlet Witch cosplay from scratch like in three days um, because I was going to meet Elizabeth Olsen at a convention and I really wanted to make the costume and be able to meet her in that. But like a year later, I got a message from a Disney intern who was saying, hey, we're looking for cosplayers who can come down to the premiere of Captain Marvel. My girlfriend Jordan and I, we like hopped on a plane at the crack of dawn, flew down to L.A., Um, we went to the red carpet, which was literally on Hollywood Boulevard for the Captain Marvel premiere. And we got to see the movie, I think a week before it premiered. Wow. Um, we were like front row, got to meet Brie Larson. Um, that's awesome. Yeah. So many cool people there. And I was lucky enough to get invited back for Infinity War and Toy Story 4. Wow. Um, Wow. Which are really cool. That was where I got to meet Elizabeth Olsen and ended up like on the cover of The Guardian, I think. I have the uh, screenshot somewhere too, but that was a, such a cool send experience. Send us that screenshot. That is so I will, cool. yeah. I'll have to dig through my photos for it. Yeah, no, it was just like such a cool experience. So I could go on for hours about how amazing that was. But yeah, I was really well, lucky to get Well, would we do that. a Disney princess movie? We'll have you on again. Yeah, sounds and good. And you could be our princess um, expert. Shark expert, princess <laughs> princess expert. Princess <laughs> expert. Sure, very good. I have many different hats, I guess. Like, 
And My wonderful. two personality traits are like sharks and horror and scary things and not <laughs> Disney princesses. So yes, <laughs> I love that. What's the what's the name of your company in case our listeners are interested? Yeah, uh, the company I co-own is Around the Riverbend Events and we are based in Eugene, Oregon, um, but we'll travel up to Salem. But we have a kind of sister company up in Portland that we work with a lot. And we do virtual events um, for everybody around the country, which is really cool. We've gotten to do calls for kids in like DC. And I was like, I don't know how you found us, but nice. That's <laughs> like, so we'll cool. Do it. How can yeah. people find you? Uh, people can find us on Facebook and Instagram. Um, those are where we have our like main social media. And then we also have a website that aroundtheriverbendevents.com. Um, <laughs> and then our Facebook and Instagram are the same name, just around the Riverbend events. Especially if you're doing virtual events. Yeah, that could be really great. Fun. Yeah. We are trying to plan like a monthly event now with a different princess. So we just got our Moana performer confirmed that that's what we're going to be doing this month, which I'm so excited about. That's so cool. That was really, really great. Thank you so much, Caitlin. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me, you guys. We're having an exciting giveaway for FilmFam listeners. The first 20 people to write a review for FilmFam on Apple Podcasts will get their own micro-discussion of the movie of their choice. Leave the name of the movie, and Brian, Zoe, and I will tell you the true event that inspired it. What if your movie wasn't inspired by true events? That is 100% fine because we are going to be totally bullshitting anyways. We are not going to do any research beyond checking out the IMDb page. Otherwise, we'll just be making it up, i.e. bullshitting the story of your movie. Yes, so the first 20 people to leave a review on Apple Podcasts will get a micro, just a few minutes long, inspired by True Events treatment that is mostly lies. And we will share a couple of these micro stories at the end of each episode. If you've never left a review on Apple Podcasts, it's not hard. If you're listening to this on your phone, go to the show page by clicking on our show icon, scroll down a little, and you'll see a link that says, write a review. You can also click on the three little ellipses on the episode page and then click go to show and scroll down and click write a review. If you're listening on your computer, you'll need to make sure you're listening on the Apple Podcast app. You'll know because if you're not, there'll be a button on the page that says listen to Apple Podcasts. When you're in the app, just scroll down a little and click write a review. If you're not sure what kind of things to write in a review, one listener wrote, this podcast is the only reason I've survived an in-shower shark attack. Forewarned is forearmed. Your life may depend on it. And they gave us five stars. Just be sure to leave the name of your movie that you want us to discuss in your review. You can choose a movie that you would actually like us to do an episode on. I fully expect we'll be inspired by your submission for future episodes. You can also just submit a movie that has an evocative title and see what we do with it. I can't wait to see what films you folks submit. So go on Apple Podcasts, give us a review, and the first 20 will get something that is probably going to be pretty silly. Thanks, Film Fam. Like Film Fam, inspired by true events? Subscribe to hear more stories that inspired our favorite films. For photos and links from the show and other shenanigans, follow us on Instagram at Film Fam Podcast, on Twitter at Film Fam underscore podcast, and on Facebook at FilmFam Inspired by True Events. If you have any questions, comments, corrections, or films whose inspiration you'd like us to explore, you can email us at filmfampodcast at gmail.com. Thank you, Brian. Thank you, Zoe. Thank you all for listening. See you next time. Bye. 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 <laughs> I like that we all always wave. Like, to who? <laughs> <laughs>